This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear from Don Wick, Tyler Donaldson, and Whitney Pittman. We begin on a sad note here this morning. Iowa farmer and former USDA Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation, Bill Northey, passed away unexpectedly yesterday. Northey served as Iowa's Agriculture Secretary from 2007 to 2018. Then he was at USDA from 2018 to 2021. Services are pending at this time. Northey was 64 years old. Politics gets in the way of a, a lot, or gets a lot of attention at the American Sugar Beet Growers Association's annual meeting. Farm broadcaster Don Wick has this from Orlando. Randy, there's not a lot of excitement for Biden or Trump in this upcoming presidential election. With that dissatisfaction, Cook Political Report election analyst David Wasserman believes a third-party candidate like Robert Kennedy Jr. could have an impact. In his address to the American Sugar Beet Growers Association, Wasserman said the Democrats have a one-in-three chance of flipping the majority in the House. But there's going to be a lot of change because we have so many open seats. We've got 23 Democrats who are leaving and 18 Republicans who are leaving, and that's just so far. We're going to have more retirements before this is done because Congress has been so unproductive and a lot of members are unsatisfied. And Republicans still have a slight edge because of those open seats. There are more Democrats leaving competitive districts, whereas the Republican open seats are mainly in safe, really red areas, such as North Dakota, where obviously Kelly Armstrong is leaving to run for governor. Obviously, a lot of chaos has been happening uh, in, at the House level. Do you see much getting done with this being election year itself? Not really, except for the lame duck session of Congress. Keep in mind that every Republican still has a primary to get through, uh, and that's their next race. And for most Republicans, that's their that's their only real worry before they head to the fall and a general election. And so that is really hamstringing Congress from being able to get anything done on uh, on immigration and even perhaps a farm bill, because we don't have much incentive during an election year for members to cooperate with the other side, other than to avert catastrophe, as we saw with bipartisan legislation to keep the government open and avoid falling off a debt ceiling cliff. A lot of attention on the House. What do you see on the Senate side going for this election cycle? Well, Republicans would have to screw up a two-car funeral to not win control of the Senate. Back to the presidential race, Wasserman said South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem is a likely vice presidential pick for the potential presidential nominee, Donald Trump. Our coverage of the American Survey Growers Association annual meeting made possible by Beta Seed, by the Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association and Ag Country Farm Credit Services. From Orlando, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association Executive Director Harrison Weber says it's all about how important farm policy is to lawmakers. I think all the all of leadership, you know, wants to get this done. It's just whether the farm bill can rise to the level of importance uh, on all of the issues across, uh, you know, that are, Americans are facing. If if we can get to that that top spot, then then we'll, we're going to get it done this year, no doubt. But there's just a lot of things at play right now, whether it's you know, the the economy or border security or or you know those very very polarizing issues um, are kind of taking taking the front seat right now. 
And Weber is hopeful that farm policy can become the number one priority for lawmakers. You know, we're still optimistic. You hear G.T. Thompson pushing for, you know, first quarter. Uh, we're, we're still optimistic. We're ready to go if we can get, uh, get some time on the floor. And, and there's a lot of issues at play. I mean, there's a lot of uh, important issues to Americans. And, um, you know, we feel that the, the farm bill should be included in those top priorities. And, and just right now, as we sit today, it's just, you know, it's not that number one issue, but, you know, we're right there at number two. And so, um, like I said, we're, we're ready to go if, uh, you know, when we get some time on the floor and, and when it gets scheduled, we're ready to go to, to really um, make our, put our stamp on it. Corn soybean markets continue to trade both sides of unchanged. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says money flow is a major factor. Job report came out, um, you know, and sends a signal interest rates are not going to be lowered anytime soon and uh, dollar goes uh, sharply higher and grain sharply lower. So um, we need to get to a point where we get a catalyst uh, rather than taking risk premium out of the market. Harvest continues in Brazil pretty aggressively. Uh, basis is wide down there also on soybeans. Weekly export inspections report uh, showed corn exports for the week ending February 1st at 624,000 metric tons, down 32% from the previous week, 26% more than the same week a year ago. This is the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. How you manage costs can have a big impact on an operation's bottom line. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Ag Economic Insights Managing Partner David Widmer presents a different idea when it comes to how you spend time analyzing production costs. It may be wise to spend more time managing long-term, more fixed expenses in the long run. You know, this generational management idea, know your costs, uh, and producers generally know their costs really well, but we have to think about this a little bit different. And one of the ways we can do that is say, how am I spending my time on managing my costs? And so if you think about the pie chart, all the expenses on our operation, we've observed that producers spend a disproportionate amount of time on those variable costs like seed, fertilizer, crop protection. If you're in livestock, it'd be you know hay and feed. And we focus on that for a few different reasons. One, it's easy. We can call our vendors and our partners to tell us the price. Those are ones that are fun to negotiate with. But in most cases, they're only around 25% of our total cost structure. Shifting focus could open opportunities. We have other cost categories like family labor or general labor. We also have land and machinery. Those are fixed costs, uh, but they account for more than half of our total cost structure. Those are hard to benchmark. Those are hard to track and monitor over time. But if we want to create big competitive advantages in our business, for the long run, we have to have a really good handle on those costs, how they're shifting and how we benchmark and how we scale our business through that. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Midwest trends for feeder cattle continue to favor a crossbred animal. We get more from Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson. I'm speaking with American Hereford Association North Central Region Field Representative Aaron Freed. Aaron, where are you seeing the most improvements with the focus on crossbreeding and improved genetics? I think the big shift in this maybe isn't recently. I know the breed's been working on it for a number of years already, but our focus on carcass has really gotten dialed in. We're, uh, we've increased our ribeye area. We're working really hard to fix our marbling and get that better. And I think we're seeing success. There's guys willing to feed Herefords and the biggest indicator of success is the prices of these black baldy cattle coming through the sale barns. I mean, if you want to ring the bell at your local market, 
show up with a potload of good black baldy steers followed up by your heifers and you're going to do well. Yeah, it's... What are the advantages or benefits that you're seeing from crossbreeding certain breeds like Hereford and Angus? They're getting more and more popular every year. Uh, whether you're making baldy cows or raising black baldy steers, the efficiency is higher. They have a lower cost to gain. Um, baldy cows, it's scientifically proven that they breed back better. You have a higher conception rate, which means more live pounds on the ground. They're great mothers. Um, our longevity is second to none. If you want a set of cows that can go out there and produce year after year and keep you in the business, that's the cow for you. How are things looking in the current market and with reduced cattle numbers? It's been a different year, that's for sure. And with our advancement in genetics and how good these feeders are getting, you know, these heifers are, you know, they don't feed as well as a real good steer, but they're getting better and better every year. and. Guys need cattle. I mean, the uh, plants need cattle. The feeders need cattle. We're uh, kind of at an all-time low here again, so we'll see what happens. That was American Hereford Association field representative Aaron Freed. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Technology is constantly evolving in agriculture. Fargo-based 701X is delivering real-time information for cattle producers with its smart ear tags. Founder and CEO Kevin Bifford says this system makes it easier to track the herd. I'm an engineer by trade, so I, I used to run a company in Fargo, North Dakota, that did automation. So I believe the industry is looking for labor shortages are causing people to look to other things to help them get more done with the same amount of family members that they have. 701X uses data and artificial intelligence to provide critical information. Any health alerts that can get off of the cow or the bull, but then the main thing is to put it on your bulls and monitor that they're mounting cows and in your fence with your cows, mounting your cows to get your cows more pregnancy, which gives you more revenue. Minnesota Farm Bureau Federation presenting awards at its annual LEAP conference uh, over the weekend. Clay County Farm Bureau members from Hawley, uh, Minnesota, Keith and Lori Ockrey were awarded the Advocates of the Year. Katie and Brady Lee from East Polk County received the Golden Pitchfork. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The beef cow inventory is at its lowest level in over 50 years. Beringer Ingelheim Professional Services veterinarian Dr. Lee Jones believe, believes heifer retention depends on Mother Nature. We're going to have to have good pasture conditions. We're going to have to have enough feed resources. You know, you see on social media where people are running out of feed already. You know, they still got three or four months yet of winter. And so we're starting, you know, our, our feed, scarcity of feed is a big role. And then, of course, pasture conditions. Mother Nature, we're going to have to have some rain. You know, we owe our living in this industry to sun, rain, and six inches of quality topsoil, right? So we've got to have Mother Nature cooperation if we're going to stay in business and grow our herds. With the current price of replacement heifers, it's important to prevent disease, accelerate growth, and improve reproductive efficiency. If you deworm those heifers and you keep parasites under control, they're going to grow better, they're going to, more of them are going to get pregnant on the front end of the breeding season. Vaccines. BVD is a threat. It stills out there. As long as we've been talking about it, 20 or 30 years, right, BVD is still out there. About half of the calves that are sold are infected with BVD. So we still have it. So that is a big threat to reproduction. And so we want to make sure that when we vaccinate, we get maximum protection 
and so that we protect mama and we protect that calf so that we have something to sell. Paige Schmidt is one of 10 beef industry advocates called Trailblazers, using social media to advocate for the beef industry. I went to um, a small college in North Dakota to play college basketball, and you know, still in North Dakota, still in a rural area, but the amount of individuals that didn't understand what went on day to day, whether that be beef cattle production or just agriculture in general. Um, So I started sharing my story a little bit about my family's operation and um, their ranch and how we raise cattle on social media. And the feedback that I got and the questions that I received really just stemmed an interest in, wow, like we're in the middle of a rural America and there's so many people that have so many questions about how we raise um, beef and how we, um, you know, get that to their plate. So it really stemmed my interest just to share my story because, you know, Schmidt is from South Central North Dakota and is now a veterinary student at Kansas State University. As her time wraps up as representative of the Beef Checkoff through the Trailblazer program, Schmidt plans to continue to share her story. I'm going to be a veterinarian here in a couple short months, which is very crazy to say and think about, but I would really like to use this advocacy training that I've received to um, use that in my future career um, just to help Um, consumers or anyone just learn more about some of our animal health protocols and um, the different things we do in the industry to make sure we have healthy cattle. Checking markets before we leave you this morning. We're seeing a mixed market here for the wheat. We're trading about a penny either side of unchanged. Right now corn is up one and soybeans trading three cents higher. Well, the uh, American Sugar Beet Growers Association's annual meeting wraps up today in Orlando. Cow-Calf Day at Starbuck, beginning at 9.30 at Jim Wolf Sale Facility. That is this morning. Also, the in Fargo, the Sugar Bee Winter uh, meeting schedule at uh, Fargo Holiday Inn. And the Northern Corn Soybean Expo today. This is the Red River Farm Network.